welcome. My name is Lisa Sinetti. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Educational Psychology in the Yukon Neag School of Education. I'm also a founding steering committee member of the Yukon Collaboratory on School and Child Health, or CSCH. The CSCH mission is to facilitate innovative and impactful connections across research, policy, and practice arenas relevant to school and child health. CSCH serves as a central resource to university and external partners engaged in efforts that inform healthy, safe, supportive, and engaging environments for all children. I invite you to take a look at our website at cschatucon.edu where you can find our mission and six goals. I won't go through each goal today, but one in particular says that CSCH will foster a team science approach among University of Connecticut research scientists, clinicians, and community partners in building the evidence around prevention, risk reduction, and intervention strategy that promotes healthy, safe, supportive, and engaging environments for all children. Today, I am here with Xiao Mei and Angela. Thank you, Lisa. My name is Xiao Mei Kong. I'm an associate professor at School of Nursing, uh, UConn, and also I'm the director for the Center for Advancement in Managing Pain, we call it CAMP. So I'm so glad to be here and to share my experience and my research. My primary research interest focus on some of the most complex issues surrounding early life experience in high-risk infants. And also we investigating the underlying mechanisms of pain stress in vulnerable populations. I am a nurse scientist investigating cumulative pain stress in early life, maternal infant skin-to-skin -skin contact and breastfeeding, and also neurodevelopmental outcomes. We use biobehavioral and genomic genetic approaches we call multi-omics method in our study. I also recently interested in interpreted impact of self-management pain and gut microbiome in young adults with IBS as irritable bowel syndrome. My name is Angela Starkweather. I'm a professor at the School of Nursing and Associate Dean for Academic Affairs, as well as the director for the P20 Center for Accelerating Precision Pain Self-Management. My program of research started out with looking at biobehavioral mechanisms of the transition from acute to chronic pain in different populations, starting with patients who were undergoing surgery. There's about 20% or higher for every population that you look at that is undergoing a surgical procedure and ends up having chronic pain from it. So when you think of you know, patients coming into the hospital and then having this adverse event because of the things that we do, it's a big issue for nursing and it's something that we want to address. So specifically, we've been looking at both psychosocial as well as genetic mechanisms that might be underlying that transition from acute to chronic pain and bringing in some other omic tools. So uh, Xiaomi has helped us to bring in things like the microbiome. Besides genetics, there's epigenetics and there's all sorts of other ways that we can look at what's going on physiologically to monitor the symptoms that patients are having. 
My program of research relates to CSCH because of the symptoms that afflict human beings, afflict everybody across all age groups. And so when you think of adverse symptoms that patients or people in general experience and wanting to improve quality of life, nurses are heavily engaged with patients and their families in helping to do that and helping them learn the skills and have the knowledge base to be able to manage those things at home because it doesn't just happen in the hospital. So that's part of our program of research is about improving the knowledge and skills for patients and families to deal with symptoms as well as the chronic diseases that they suffer from. Thanks so much for telling us a bit about your work. It is clear that you are both engaged in really high impact, important, but complicated research. So when you were starting your research, where along the lines did you realize you were going to need to take a team science approach to answer the research questions that you were interested in? I think my study back to uh, 2013, when we developed and also expanding our research purpose to genetic and genomic studies, we start from there. We start to contact and to develop our multidisciplinary team. I think especially for Xiaomei's line of work, working with the microbiome, that's an area that is very complex and was very new at the time and something that you couldn't do alone, right? You needed expertise to really match up what she was looking at for underlying mechanisms. And so it was a really a perfect collaboration. How did you go about developing your team? Obviously being that there's lots of expertise needed as well as lots of experts out there. Definitely start from our research purpose, especially, you know, I already introduced our research topics about early life experience and uh, bring that microbiome access, that underlying mechanism. So from there, like we start to look at first from Yukon and we searched like our web page and try to look at MCB permanent and microbiology expertise in Yukon stores and Farmington. And at that time also, it's, it was the perfect time we had a new center we called a Mars Facilities, a Microbiome Resource and Analyze Service Center that time was established. So it was perfect time to start this new topic and build up our, our team. Some general other ways that we have continued to build our team is really just looking for expertise that we need as we go along. And we continue to build across all realms of our enterprise now in in looking for other ways that we can um, change the science, um, add different perspectives to help build our own understanding of either what symptoms patients are experiencing as well as other ways that we can treat them. So whether it's reaching out to our colleagues in pharmacy about developing new molecules or you know new um, agents that could help our patients and families to working with our kinesthesiology collaborators on ways to develop methods of helping them improve movement or exercise, things like that. We're always looking for that new perspective. Can you tell us a little bit more about the different types of fields that you have represented on your team? We have a multidisciplinary team, including researchers with expertise, definitely nursing, medicine. We have neutologists, physicians. We also have expertise with genetics and genomics, microbiology, and also psychology and neuroscience. And uh, we have a very strong statistic team work, work together. 
And I would say, you know, we even have um, people that go across um, media and business in terms of commercialization of some of the innovations that come out of our science, developing new products, things like that. Engineering. Engineering has been a a great collaborator. So all of those, you know, across biology, medicine, uh, kinesiology, physical therapy, social work. Social work, yeah. um, Some some great collaborators. You're both very seasoned researchers, and I'm pretty sure you haven't been doing transdisciplinary work your whole career. What have you had to do differently in the research process because of the large team-based approach? I would say doing things differently comes with bringing different perspectives to the table. And sometimes you don't even have the same language uh, about what you're talking about. So starting out sharing some of the ways that you talk about your science and you talk about the phenomena that you've observed versus what they have observed and you know how we see things very similarly or differently. I think you know knowing the, and valuing other people and making sure that you can articulate that in in ways that keep people engaged. Because a lot of the work that we do, whether it's in you know, microbiology and genetics, you know, I'm not a genetics expert and I don't I don't claim to be. I depend on my collaborators to bring that part to the table and to be engaged in the process of it. And you know, those are that's important to be able to both bring out and it's not uh, bringing down your science or simplifying it. It's it's explaining it in a new way that you haven't had to because the other people that you talk to, the other nurses that I talk to, get it. They understand the language that we were brought up with. So when you're coming to a new discipline, it's about finding out, defining, and really transcribing each other's you know, ways of being. So I think that's an important piece of that, but it's also about keeping people engaged in the process. That's not easy to do, especially if you're in different buildings across different campuses. So if it's making sure that you're, you have some type of communication, some set schedules so that there's a goal and a vision for your work together. Those are all really important pieces you know, I've spent a lot of time trying to bring teams together and it's it's a heavy investment and there's a lot of lost time in there too. So you've got to be willing to take that chance that you might not have something that'll work out and just, you know, continue to strive to bring that team together. On your team, have you um, sort of or how have you uh, potentially approached things around agreements for publications or um, funding issues or any of those issues come up on your team that are absolutely quite frankly they can be team killers they they can really start up issues that if you don't take care of them right away it can be something that tears the team apart so we have developed a process where we make those decisions from the very beginning we set out with the actual written agreement because we've learned over time that that's an important piece of that. You know, if a team member leaves, what do you do with the data? So we have that all written out at the very beginning as we're forming a team. And we usually take decisions as they come in terms of uh, publications, but knowing that we're all in this together and we want to support each other and have each other be successful in in different ways. So we even start out our publications thinking about, well, who's next on the advancement of their career? You know, who needs to think about the next publication? Because those are important things and ways that you can value your team members. Can you talk to us about, um, you talked a little bit, but a little more about challenges that your team has encountered and how you've navigated those across time? 
we are talking about the forming, storming, norming, performing, you know, there's, there is a trajectory to every single teen that you have. And, and I'd say a personality. Usually those come out early, but they can creep up on you over time. You never can guess, you know, where you're going to be five years from now. I really try to make sure that, again, I'm keeping my team members engaged in the process. There will be periods of, you know, kind of stagnation or periods where you need to really get the vision up and going again and kind of revive that. But that's what's exciting about having those those team members there. You might be really engaged with certain team members at, at one period and then, you know, coming back to the entire team. It's almost like working on, um, you know, say like a master's or a PhD committee or a student might be working one-on-one -on -one with you for a, a time, but then bring it back to the whole committee. So there's different stages. There's a different life to every single team, but that's what keeps it fun. And also communication is a key. Mm -hmm. We already talked with Angela, so we are work together. We use the same language, tried, because at the very beginning, probably, you know, the researchers from microbiology, from biology, they use different kind of term. As nursing or social science, we use different kind of term, even like a research design or research procedures. Like we use, even though we say probably the similar thing, but we use different terms, so that is. Um, so regular setting, like a setting regular time to meet each other and to share the, the progress of the, the, the project. And another is training for not only for students, but for ourselves. It's also like a, we have um, faculty meeting as well, like a student um, meeting, like our camp center. We have trainings for graduate assistants uh, and also undergrad honors we have huge group so all this like uh, communication is important it sounds like you've been incredibly thoughtful about this and learned a lot along the way have you had any sort of structured training in team science or if you're just learning it as you go there yeah. are some really great national conferences now in team science there's some toolboxes that are available from the national cancer institute I use those all the time. I think those are, are fantastic tools. So tell us a little bit about where listeners can learn more about your research and your work on your website, social media. We have our webpage for Yukon Camp. If you search, you can find. And we have our Facebook, Twitter, and also the best way visit our lab. We are located in Stores Hall currently and you can visit our team and we can show you our fancy equipment to test your pain sensitization. <laughs> and also we have annual pain symposium meeting and uh, last year was very, last two years was very successful. And this year we also plan to have annual pain symposium in November. What recommendations would you have for other researchers interested in developing a multi or inter or transdisciplinary team? A lot of scientists tend to be introverts. <laughs> it, you have to push yourself to be, at, be out there and be social. But the more you're talking about your own science and what you're interested in, the more you're gonna get people excited about it. And so push yourself to be social. Get out there and meet a new colleague and, and talk about how you might relate. Even though you might feel like you're very distant in terms of your sciences, there's always some way that you can connect. I would say invest the time if it's something that you want to do. Um, it's, it, 
remember it's an investment and there's going to be wins and losses. And that's just part of the, the way that you've got to go through to see what's going to work, what's going to pay off. And I'd say envision. Um, envision in terms of what you want to become. Uh, if it's a center, if it's a you know, new area of science that you're creating, I mean, those are the opportunities that are out there, which is fantastic. And especially right here on UConn campus to be able to do that. Um, and then connecting, um, connecting is so important. And I'd say some of the best work that we have done has been um, when we can at least have a few face-to-face -face visits. Just because the work that you do in building trust in defining you know each other's language is so it's hard to do via email and it's hard to do sometimes even via technology so i'd say those instances where you're able to at least at the very beginning or sometime during the year do a face-to-face -face connection and just you know set aside the time to really invest in in your group is important well, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us about your work. It's been fascinating, and we look forward to seeing what else comes out of your, your projects. Thank, thank you. Thank you very much.